It's the Real Estate Podcast, brought to you by ANZ Home Loans for financial well-beings. And welcome back to another episode of the Real Estate Podcast, available on iHeartRadio every morning and also on Spotify and Apple and wherever you get your podcast from. Well, it's a Sunday morning, the 18th day for December for 2022. Have you woken up with a sore head from last night? Possibly. I hope that you're having a great weekend around. Australia, whatever you're doing, and that the Christmas shopping isn't getting too much on top of you, because there are certainly people out there buying at the moment, and be very safe with COVID. It is spreading, of course, right now at a much faster rate with people out shopping. Of course, we've got the Christmas breakup functions, and in general, just more socialising going on around this time of the year. Well, coming up next, we've got the Sunday re- Rewind, we are looking back on some of the interviews, the talking points over the last seven days. And just a reminder that these are not the full interviews. So if you missed on one of the podcasts that you wanted to hear the full episode, all you've got to do is just go back over the last seven days and you'll be able to find it. If you're celebrating your birthday for today, December the 18th, happy birthday. You're in pretty good company, actually. Billie Eilish, she is turning. 20. Keith Richards, the guitarist from the Rolling Stones, he is turning 78. I mean, these guys are just, it's just incredible, the Rolling Stones and the longevity of the way that they just keep on going. I saw them back in 2015, by far and away the best concert I have ever seen and would love to see them again. Steven Spielberg, the filmmaker, he is celebrating a birthday today. He's going to keep making movies. He's 75. And uh, talking of movies, I see that it was on this day back in 2009 that James Cameron's Avatar was released, uh, becoming the highest grossing film of all time. And now, of course, we've got Avatar 2, so will it eclipse it? Time will tell. We talk with leading property commentators with analysis, predictions, forecasts, and what's trending every morning from 6.30. It's your Real Estate Weekend Podcast in Review. You are a COVID business. You launched during COVID. So how long have you been going? Uh, we've had the business for two and a half years now, Craig, and it was very interesting to start during that time. One would think real estate was booming, but it was very low transaction levels through COVID and it was challenging to get a business up and running when uh, people uh, in a consumer perspective were probably looking for people and brands that they already knew and trusted in an area to go with. So getting started was really challenging. And you came in from the cold, so to speak, because you're not a local. I think you were telling me that you were working in the development side. So that was probably quite gutsy of you. (laughs) Uh, Yes, probably. uh, Probably quite gutsy. Uh, We started the business uh, on the back of doing quite a lot of research locally. My husband grew up in Avalon Beach and our children go to school here. We've lived in the area now for four years. I've got 20 years experience in property this year and that includes working in front-end real estate and development. Uh, But coming up to the area, we mystery shopped the local agents and felt there was an opportunity uh, for us to do something that was very much client focused and we felt that we could uh, offer that as a service standalone rather than me going working for one of the existing agencies. 
Well, you must be doing something right because somebody told me that you won one of the big awards, the Community Service Award. Now, you've got to be doing the right sort of things in order to win that award, so well done. Oh, thank you very much. Well, Craig, when we did that research about the local area, what we identified was a lot of people come and move to the Avalon area for the community. Community is a really, really strong part of the area where we live on this uh, narrow peninsula of the beaches. And we cover a service area that is from Palm Beach right around to Church Point, and that beautiful community sense does follow through. But where we are located with our family and our children especially, uh, there's a very strong sense of community, and we wanted to immediately become a part of that and give back to that as much as we could. Yes, real estate very much is all about the community. It's about people. So on that note, what do you think the real estate industry needs to be doing better in 2023, which is just around the corner? So it could just be finessed a little bit heading into 2023? Absolutely. When we were looking at uh, the competition in our local marketplace, we identified that quite a lot of the agents uh, run agencies where their father's father owned the local business. So to break into an area like that, we thought we needed to be doing something that was going to challenge the status quo, that would give us an opportunity to get our face in the paper for all the right reasons. And our community work has certainly done that. So we operate a uh, hybrid office that is called The Studio by Langan Simmons and The Studio is a space where artists can exhibit their work for free and then they donate a percentage of the proceeds to charity in lieu of any gallery commission. And then we run events there once a month where we bring the community together and we've raised over $25,000 for local, uh, local charities by doing that. It's your Real Estate Weekend podcast in review. Can the inflation, of course, be tamed is what everybody is watching right now for. How do you see the start then of 2023 kicking off? I certainly think the latest inflation print was um, just below 7% and certainly the RBA are are not playing it down and they're expecting it to increase to 8%. So if they're putting that 8% number out there, you'd think it will be that at least. So we're still seeing pressure on energy prices. Uh, We're still seeing pressure um, certainly on the food prices. So we are expecting inflation to increase. I don't think the RBA have finished the rate increase cycle. They may pause for a few months to see how what they've done for the last eight months um, and how that behaves. But certainly we expect that, you know, that will increase before it gets better, putting more pressure on certainly on household budgets in terms of prices that we're paying at the register, but secondly, also on mortgage repayments. And you're in the lending space there in Sydney. If we were to reverse it out from the consumer to lenders, especially around mortgages, what are some of the challenges for lending institutions for 2023? What are they facing in particular? Firstly, you know, consumer confidence is has definitely you know been impacted, and and we're seeing that through you know auction clearance rates is is a is a real bellwether for that. There are a number of headwinds at the moment in the property market. There's uncertainty about where interest rates will land. So certainly from a refinance perspective, people are waiting. You know, certainly if you go to to home opens and 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 auction, there's a lot of auctions being cancelled because there's just a lot of uncertainty. So from a lender perspective, we're seeing activity reduce. 
reduce from an existing customer perspective with with higher mortgage repayments and the higher cost of living. Certainly customers who have taken out mortgages in the last two years may start to encounter some potential stress in terms of of their ability to service a, a higher mortgage repayment. So for us, it's we're, we're very keen to work with those customers, take them through a period of higher repayments and try and get them on track to, to ensure they can service a mortgage. We've got a 30-year contract in, in most cases with customers and we're you know very keen to ensure that you know we fulfil our obligations on both sides and help them through it. So so for us the headwinds in the market obviously you know bring in lower activity and and make it harder to to um, you know to write new business and certainly on the refinance side but we're just really focused on and ensuring that the products that we're providing um, and the service that we're providing can can tailor to what customers are looking for through this period it's your real estate weekend podcast in review find it incredibly difficult to switch off their brains around property have you got any theories on why that might be the case Anything, whether it be investing or something that we have so much you know, blood and sacrifice for, whether, whether it be for a home that you go into, there's that attachment to the commentary around it, right? And so I think from what's happened this year, we've gone from the absolute highs of a national property boom to now only select cities powering forward with strength, whilst uh, a bunch of cities on the more pricier ends of things start to feel a bit of pain with rising costs of interest rates and as a result, some declines. But that's probably been the, on the mind of many, just that roller coaster thinking of the boom time everywhere and anywhere to now certain locations booming and others slowing down. Yeah, good point. And we've talked a lot this year about the psychology of property. In some cases, it's warfare with what goes on, I think, in somebody's head. It's because many forget that property's long-term components and how the compounding wealth helps over time. Whereas this year and the last few years, results have changed people's lives. There's been growth in some regions and some cities where people have seen between 50 and 60% in many parts of Adelaide, for example. These can be hundreds of thousands of dollars uh, over just one asset. And if you start to put it across multiple, even more so. So I think there's a there's an upswing side of things that gets people very connected. And now the downside of things in certain cities makes it feel like, hey, there's just constant roller coaster occurring. And so that's where the, the mental warfare begins, that, that falling in love too much with some of the short-term results rather than seeing a long-term goal that many may have and the long-term that comes with it is typically a boring story for many. Yeah, so what you're saying is that negativity breeds negativity. I mean, it is just a common result of the way people feel. And if you are in a negative cycle of information, which you're touching on, you almost look for negative news to justify the, the way that you're feeling. So it becomes all a self-fulfilling game of cat and mice with yourself. It's a dangerous, dangerous thing that captures many of us. Even some of the, the country's best and most optimistic people get uh, caught in with this cycle of negativity. 
And on that note of negativity, we've actually been running some interesting data using a lot of analysis across the top three or the largest, I'd say, the top, the top three largest media news providers in Australia. And what we do is we actually pick out all their articles and put them into three buckets based on keyword search, based on headlines, based on what's going on in their commentary. And we have them under the positive, neutral and negative category, just so we can start to see how the, the mainstream news cycle is, is pointing out things. Now, most of 2022, I don't think it uh, takes the smartest uh, cook in the jar to realize how much negativity there was. You know, to put into context and some data, there was close to just over three quarters worth of media coverage heading towards that negative bucket amongst property commentary by the top three media. It's your Real Estate Weekend podcast in review. And in the first quarter, there might be more of this volatility for mortgage holders to endure and put up with. Well, certainly the market's predicting that, but they're predicting some more interest rate increases. And by that, I mean, you know, across currency markets, as well as some of the uh, economists from the major banks, for example, some are suggesting the target cash rate could increase from the 3.1% now up to 335 and some even up to 385 I'm more dovish though. I'm hoping for smaller target cash rate increases in announcements coming in early 2023. And a few reasons for that. Uh, in October, while consumer spending was still 20.7% increase over the year to October, compared to some of the earlier months, that's actually quite a noticeable drop in growth. So, for example, spending was over 29% increase over the year to August and 28.5% increase over the year to September. So, a drop to 207 increase over the year to October is actually quite a sizable drop. And while a couple of months of, of drops in consumer spending isn't enough to show that things are really pulling back, when we couple that with the ABS also reporting in October that it was the first month that retail turnover dropped, admittedly only by 0.2% in October, but it was a really important signal to watch because turnover fell in all industries in October except for food retailing. It's also really interesting watching the fall in fixed interest rates on mortgages. We've seen some of those fixed rates drop over the last couple of months and not by small amounts, but by 1% or more. And traditionally, falling fixed term rates on mortgages, particularly so quickly, has been interpreted by some as an early sign that the variable rate is approaching its expected peak. So there's some of the reasons why I think next year we'll start to see a slowing of of rate rises. Um, So for the sake of new borrowers, I hope the peak is very close. Well, for the sake of everyone, really, yeah, let's keep the fingers crossed. And property investors uh, at the start of the pandemic literally just saw their values going up week by week. Then our attention, of course, turned to the economy, which the RBA has taken a sledgehammer to. As you say, the retail spend, it's come back uh, very minutely. So it's going to be very fascinating to see what happens over the Christmas spend, because that that's really, as I said before, that's going to dictate, I think, what the governor is likely to do in the first Q1. Yes, absolutely. Well, that's part of the, the picture that they're looking at. In terms of that inflation picture, though, there's there's a range of drivers of inflation, supply shortages, you know, things like fruit and vegetables from flooded fields has been pretty prominent. And some of those severe weather events are continuing over the summer. So that will impact some of those supply shortages still. They're still grappling with energy pricing and housing costs and fuel. So interest rate increases are a pretty blunt instrument there. There's a big difference between those 
who are looking to buy for the first time, especially while renting and trying to save, compared to those who own a larger portion of the equity in their home. Well, we've seen a tapering off in some areas in terms of house prices and auction clearances and, and even rent increases. It really looks different depending on where you live. In, in Queensland, for example, the, the median age is younger than the national median. There's been a lot of interstate migration of young families throughout COVID to Queensland. So even though population growth is increasing, there are more people living in each house. So, you know, families are the, are the growth group that leads to sort of different housing demand. We connect you to the best real estate information across Australia. The Real Estate Podcast. 